Dreaming of Sunshine by Silver Queen Chapter 111 The theater is so endlessly fascinating because it's so accidental. It's so much like life. Arthur Miller Sigh, I called cheerfully, quickening my steps until I reached him. I'm so glad you could come. Glad didn't quite cover it. Really relieved might have been closer. He looked... Okay. Not great, but he wasn't dead, wasn't injured, wasn't being kept somewhere I couldn't reach him. The Hokage requested me for this mission, Sai said. I am here. It wasn't entirely factually correct, but I doubted Tsunade had bothered to say I'd made the request either. It was probably for the best. Kiba and Shikamaru caught up to me, looking curious. I made introductions. I... Think you met at Naruto's farewell dinner? I added, a little uncertainly. Oh, Kiba said in a tone of realization. You're that guy. Sai blinked at him. You helped out with that weird chameleon illusion castle thing, Kiba clarified. Shino and Hinata told me all about it, he grinned. Thanks for that. I relaxed a fraction. Kiba was predisposed to be friendly. That was good. It wasn't that he wasn't friendly normally, but, like Naruto, if he didn't like someone, you knew about it, and that could make things awkward. Kiba is Shino and Hinata's teammate, I explained to Sai, even if he could have probably picked that up from context. It was dubious whether that information connected for him on why it meant Kiba was thankful. I was... Following the orders of my team leader, Sai said, almost faintly puzzled. Your gratitude is unwarranted. Whatever, man, Kiba said, and stepped past him towards the gate. No wonder you get on great with Shikako if you're as bad at accepting thanks as she is. I would have grumbled at him, but I was team leader, so I really ought to be professional. I organized our departure with the gate guards and we took off slowly heading towards Land of Rivers, where we would meet with the client. We had plenty of time, so we didn't rush, and maintained a smooth, ground-covering pace. Mom said you'd been doing missions with her, Kiba said cheerfully as we moved. I bet that was fun. You don't want to know what she's been saying about you. You should hear what she's been saying about you, I retorted quickly to cover the worry that that sentence caused. What was she saying, and to who, and why? How did it go? You're house-trained, know how to follow orders, and good with small animals. Kiva stopped dead in his tracks. Mom, he whined in a pitch-perfect tone of a sheer mortified child. Then he shook it off and started moving again. Well, she says worse things about Hana. It's never going to work, though. Everyone is too smart to want to be related to her. Kiba managed to keep up a conversation with me, and sometimes sigh, even though Shikamaru grew tenser and snappier the further west we traveled. I let him be until we made camp. Truthfully, I wanted to just let it be entirely. If he wanted to have attitude, I'd let him. But this was a mission. Was only the start of a mission. And I was team leader. If I had to mediate conflicts to make things go well, then I'd goddamn mediate. Do I ask, I said, dropping down to sit next to him, or are you just going to tell me?
Kiba and Sai might not have been very far away, but it was the illusion of privacy. They weren't actively part of the conversation. Short of sending them to run a perimeter, it was the best we were going to get, and I didn't want to start the mission with those kinds of petty orders either. Shikamaru gave me a darkly sardonic look. Yeah, well, he said. The last time we came this way, it didn't exactly end well, did it? I nodded thoughtfully, so that was it. Fair enough, I said. We're keeping a watch tonight, and we'll set up some alerts further out. If anything attacks, we'll have warning. And the chances of there being another army of pseudo-ninja running around here had to be pretty slim. Still, it wouldn't hurt to take precautions. Shikamaru stared at me, then lowered his face into his hands and started to laugh. That's not, he managed to say. Forget it. Just forget it. I stood flustered, and maybe a little hurt. Damn it, I had listened, and I had offered suggestions, and I hadn't said you're being paranoid. And he laughed? Fine, I'd forget it. Want to draw straws for the watches, I asked, looking over to Kiba and Sai deliberately. We'll split them by three and then keep rotating, so someone gets to sleep freely each night. We got to our destination point around lunchtime the next day. It was a reasonably small town in the lower half of the country. It wasn't near enough to those that it had been destroyed in Haido's attacks, and it was still bustling and busy. Pretty, though, with a winding river through the middle of town, and picturesque walkways. We found the hotel where the client was staying, and met the team of hidden sand ninja that had been escorting him around Land of Wind. Technically, with the treaty in place, they could have kept on escorting him through Land of Fire and back home, but Michuri had done a full tour of the elemental nations, rock and lightning included, and that wouldn't have been so simple, which was probably why it had almost been a relay between the villages, passing the client along, each constrained by their borders and treaties. How many ninja does Leaf actually have? Kamkuro asked rhetorically as we organized the handover. I'm starting to think you're the only ones. Every time, it's always you. You're just lucky, I told him. You'd miss us if we weren't here. He was the only one on the team I recognized, and Tamati wasn't there. I thought that maybe Gata wouldn't want to send them both away at the same time, but such a high-profile client would require him to send someone he trusted. How was the trip? I asked. Kankuro shrugged. We got attacked a few times. Couldn't tell if they were aiming for him or if it was just a target of opportunity. He made a lazy gesture at all the people that made up this group. There's a lot of target, I acknowledged. What do they call it? A retinue? It was nearly a small village on its own. Yeah, Kankuro agreed, but looked thoughtful. Look, you notice anything missing? I did, in point of fact. He didn't bring his own guards? All these people, chefs and assistants and drivers and who knew what else, and not a single guard? Exactly, Kankuro agreed. We took over from a bunch of rock shinobi, and they weren't exactly forthcoming about the situation or anything, but I've been keeping my ears open. Seems like he did have guards, but they all left once they got here. Resigned and vanished. Well, that was... interesting. Difficult client, I asked, because it was best to rule out the simple explanations first. Well, yeah, Kankuro agreed, but not that difficult. 
He doesn't scrimp the pay, the accommodations are good, the food is amazing, and there are a lot of side benefits. You know, he hired Ayumi Hamasaki for a private show and I got to see her perform. I had no idea who that was. Sounds nice? It was amazing, he said fervently. But no one in their right mind walks away from a job like that, not even if it was ten times more difficult. And every guard going at the same time, he shook his head. It's fishy. I sighed. Fantastic. Watch your back, okay, he said. And it, wonder of wonders, actually sounded a little concerned. Then he ruined it immediately. There's only so many maps you can rewrite before they start calling you a natural disaster, Sparky. I rolled my eyes at him and was about to retort. Then I heard the twang of a bow, the whistling of a wooden projectile in the air. No killing intent, no warning. I spun around, drawing a kunai from my leg pouch, hand rising to throw it. Then I aborted the motion, resheathing it. The projectile was a wooden arrow with a sucker attached to the end. The bow was a toy and the attacker was a child. I plucked the arrow out of the air and stared hard at him. I breathed out a long, controlled exhale from my nose and tried not to acknowledge how that would have ended several weeks ago before Kakashi-sensei had made a habit of sneaking up on me and forcing me to think before I reacted. The child lowered the bow. Hmm. Well, I guess you might be a real ninja. I am, I said as mildly as I could. And real ninja don't take too kindly to being attacked. He looked mostly puzzled, rather than admonished. It wouldn't have done any harm. I spun the arrow around my fingers. It was light and flimsy. No, it wouldn't have done any damage to me. But I could have to him. Nearly had. No weapon is a toy, I said. I coated the thin wooden chakra, sharpening it to a point over the rubber sucker. Then I threw it back to him. It embedded itself in the wall, sinking an inch deep and quivering with force. He stared at it, then at me with wide eyes. This is Hikarutsuchi, Kankuro said in the silence. The son of Prince Michiru. Then, in an undertone, he added, You better get used to that. He does it a lot. Great. That was... just great. Speaking of the prince, I said, you need to introduce us. It was both a way to divert the topic and a way to make us look fractionally better in the eyes of the client, if we could show we had a good working relationship and trust with his current guards. I was perfectly aware that without a Jonin sensei here to be a visible adult presence, we looked... young. Even if we managed to appear older than our real ages, we wouldn't look that old. Sure, sure, Kankuro said. I guess I better say goodbye to the guy. Remind him to hire us again and all of that. I motioned the rest of the team over from where they were hanging back, and we followed Kankuro inside to a very opulent entertainment room. Hikaru followed us at a distance, peering around corners like that, like, would hide him. I tried to memorize his chakra signature, small though it was. He was both a civilian and a child, so it was to be expected. If he was going to keep it up with the sneaking and attacks, I'd better make sure I knew it was him, always. Inside, Prince Michiru was playing cards with a group of people and, judging by the stack of game pieces in front of him, probably winning. 
Ah, Kankuro, he exclaimed happily, catching sight of us. Have you changed your mind about playing? I'll buy you in. Thanks for the offer, Kankuro said, turning it down. But the team from Hidden Leaf has arrived to replace us, so we'll be taking our leave soon. This is Shikako Nada, special jonin. So soon, the prince said in dismay, dropping his cards and not even appearing to care. He turned away from the game and heaved himself out of his chair. He was... a large man, to put it kindly. No, no, you simply must stay a little longer. We were all looking forward to another one of your wonderful puppet shows. Kankuro hesitated. Ah, well, our mission is officially over, he hedged. Then I'll extend it, Michiru said brightly. He waved over one of the men standing nearby, who stepped forward promptly with a clipboard at the ready. He's a, he's a kata. Please pay our sand ninja to stay and put on another show for us. Kankuro gave me a semi-rueful look. Obviously, he didn't want to turn it down. I could see why not. In the long term, it was good business sense to keep wealthy clients happy with you. And in the short term, well, it was more money. More money for not a lot of extra work, even. We'd be delighted for you to stay a little longer, I said softly, guessing what the concern was. If they'd been a people I trusted less, I might not have really wanted them to stay around to interfere with our mission. We were here as bodyguards, and that often meant against other villages. I've heard that the hidden sand puppet shows are really something to see. Michiru beamed and clapped his hands together. It's true, it's true, he said. The other ninja were so boring and wouldn't entertain me at all. But Kankuro has been wonderful. I never knew Bunraku could be so exciting. Even Hikaru loves to watch it. His gaze drifted over us. You wouldn't happen to perform, too. And really, it was just good business sense to keep wealthy clients happy with you. The entire conversation had been loaded with so many hints that I would have to have been blind not to notice them. If we had to come up with ways to be entertaining, we would. Unfortunately not, I said softly. Hidden Sand's puppet core is unparalleled, though we would be honored to share some of Konoha's entertainments, and I do have some skill at shadow puppets. Kankuro laughed. Shadow puppets, he said. You've got some nerve. Okay, I gotta see that, Sparky. You versus me, tonight. And our field of battle is theater. Oh god, what was I getting myself into? I nodded solemnly. By your leave, Michiru-sama, I said, though the prince had no objections at all. On the contrary, he looked thrilled to pieces. We escaped outside. I was 600% sure Kankuro was laughing at me. I ignored him and cleared my throat, turning to my team. <clears throat> okay, we want to scout around and make sure it's clear and get to know the people we'll be traveling with. One person should stay here to guard the prince and his son who was still watching us, peering out behind a corner of a building. Still, it was no worse than Konohamaru, really. We drew straws. Shikamaru ended up getting the short one and stuck on guard duty, though given that it was the easiest position that required the least movement, it was probably the one that suited him most. He didn't appear unhappy about it. So, theater? Kiva said, laughing his voice. How'd you talk yourself into that one? 
I neither groaned nor glared at him, though the urge for both actions was there. I'll manage, I said. You hate any kind of public speaking, he said. You were the tree for our class play. I did groan. Yeah, I do, I said. But the list of things I hate has dramatically rearranged itself in the last year. It doesn't even make the top ten anymore. I'll manage. Somehow. It's not going to kill me. Kiba snickered. All right. Let me know if you need a cute animal stagehand to distract them. He knows lots of tricks, don't you, Akamaru? Akamaru barfed happily, head popping out from the neck of his jacket. He was getting almost too big for that now. You joke, I said, but I might have to take you up on it. Nothing actually went wrong that afternoon, despite me starting to wish it would. No matter how much I tried to keep my attitude blasé, I was getting nervous. Maybe I can quit my job and go live as a hermit for the rest of my life. Hermits don't have to perform. It only got worse as we dined in the hotel. And yes, the food was good. And Kankuro crushed my hopes that the audience would be limited to our teams and the clients by revealing that he'd managed to book the town square for his own performance. And I would likely be expected to go directly after him. Do not pass go. Do not change locations. You okay with that? Shikamaru asked me, voice low. He'd said very little about the whole thing. Do you want me to help? I gave him a weak smile. I think it should be okay. But if we have to do it again, then it's your turn. He snorted and leaned back. I didn't agree to any of this. You're a ninja, I said. I think that's all the agreement you get. This isn't really part of our mission, is it? Sai asked, possibly sounding a little bit disapproving. He'd been mostly quiet so far, so I'd been wondering when he'd have his say about it. It seems pointless. Well, yes and no, I said, trying to answer him seriously. It's not word-for-word word part of our mission, but we are supposed to be representing Konoha to the best of our abilities. The Land of the Moon is rich, but doesn't often have dealings with ninja. It's in our best interest to make them think of us as their best choice. He nodded. Yes, I understand that, he said. But isn't it a wasteful use of jutsu? Maybe, I agreed, but I'm not going to use enough of it to exhaust myself, so it shouldn't cause any problems, and it'll be like training anyway. <sighs> Levels of precision and control and unique applications that I wouldn't normally strive for in combat. If you don't normally strive for them, then surely they wouldn't be useful, Sai pointed out. I hummed. But if you can't do them, then you'll never think of the ways you could use them, I pointed back. If your only tool is a hammer, then every problem looks like a nail. Conversely, if you have a lot of different tools, you might find new ways to solve problems. Or... something. Did that even make sense? Metaphors, Sai said with a sigh. He stared down at the plate of food that he had barely touched. My metaphors are great, I said obstinately. Although, Sai really did seem to get the worst of them, apart from maybe Naruto, who would have never complained about it. After that, 
Time started to slide away with an alarming speed. Konkuro dropped us out to the town square, where a reasonable crowd was starting to form. It seemed like word had gotten around. Prepare to be amazed, he said, and unsealed two small puppets from a scroll. They weren't ones I had seen before, certainly not Karasu or Kudaari, and humanoid in an exaggerated and cartoonish way, painted bright and cheerful colors. And then, with a showmaster's ease, he captured the crowd's attention and started the play. It was some old wind country favorite, about a pair of lovers that lived on opposite sides of the desert and had to travel across it to see each other. Which was no easy tax task when you weren't a ninja. And of course, it was all horribly tragic and they both died at the end. It was good, though, in the way that well-worn favorites were always being retold, and it was clear that Kankuro was enjoying himself. Maybe, in some world where he wasn't a ninja, this was what he would have done. Once the applause had died off, and Kankuro had had enough of talking to the crowd, he bowed out. You guys need to welcome Shikako Nara to the stage. Let's see if she can match this, yeah? I grimaced and hopped up onto the stage beside him. It wasn't really a stage, just a raised stone lip on one side of the square, backed by a wall. I was intensely immediately uncomfortable. There were a lot of people here, more than it had seemed when I was part of the crowd too, and they were all staring at me. I focused my eyes on the small group of people I knew and tried to ignore the rest. Ah, uh, well, I said to Kankuro and tried to inject a bit of life into my voice. We'll have to let the audience be the judge of that. He bowed mockingly. The floor is all yours. The sun was low now, setting, which wasn't exactly great, but I was prepared. I attached a handful of LED seals onto a string of ninja wire and pinned it to the front of the stage, curling the end of the wire beneath my foot. I channeled chakra into it, lighting them all up to shine brightly upon me. It went straight into my eyes, but it also meant my shadow loomed large on the wall behind me, and that was the whole point. Thirteen years ago, I started, voice falling easily into the rhythm of a story I had heard so many times before. It was the official story, dramatic and only a little untrue. A nine-tailed fox suddenly appeared. Its tails lashed out, smashing mountains and sending tidal waves crashing to the shore. Behind me, my shadow split off, no longer a shape of a human, but of nine waving tails. I wove the story onwards, shadow moving and taking shape behind me. I couldn't see past the glare of the lights to see the reactions of the crowd, merely focused on keeping my voice even and steady. I displayed the destruction, the terror, the battle. Carefully, carefully, I focused on a single tendril of shadow and used it to plant a small touch blast on the wall in the midst of the diorama. But it was too much trying to hold two jutsu, tell a story, and focus well enough to plant a seal. My LED snuffed out, dropping the stage into darkness. Shit. I burned with humiliation and at the intended failure. I set off the seal, the tiny blast of fire roaring out, and arcing over the heads of the crowd. I used the seconds of darkness to plant a few more seals for use later, and channeled chakra back through the ninja wire to reignite my stage lights. But once Shinobi came forward to face the nine-tailed fox without fear, I went on, and this was our fourth Hokage. 
He arrived in a flash of light. I set off one of my flash seals as I spoke, chasing my shadows off the wall before reforming them into a new shape, and all the ninja of the village knew that they were saved. I drew the rest of it out, though this was a bit of the story that often differed and was the most untrue. I said nothing of Naruto or of Jinchuriki, though I did say he had summoned the Shinigami. And it reached out its great hand, I said, voice sinking ominously, and for the first time of the performance switched from using two-dimensional shadows to three, a giant dark hand reaching out from the wall. There were screams of startled surprise, and dragged them both down into death. I picked myself up in the shadow hand, closing those dark, ominous fingers around my torso, and then pulled it backwards to slam into the wall. A quick replacement jutsu with a small rock saw me harmlessly standing amid the crowd again, and the stage blank and empty. There were more screams. They faded into a hushed silence, tense and expectant. Right. I had no actual plans for after that. Show's over. Go home. Then Konkuro looked at me sideways and started to applaud. The sound of his clapping caught on, and the rest of the crowd started to cheer too. How wonderful, Michiru gushed. I've never seen anything like that. Kankuro hopped back up on the stage, avoiding going through my line of seals, but otherwise looking unbothered by them. Well, he said to the crowd in a tone halfway between wry and conspiratorial, I guess we might need a vote after all. They cheered, responding easily to his direction. Get back up here, Nada, Kankuro directed. I slunk out of my team reluctantly. I gracefully concede, I called hopefully, and congratulate you on your victory. But I found myself on stage again, standing awkwardly next to Kankuro as the audience cheered. It was every bit as uncomfortable and awkward as their silent attention had been. Still, I gave it as much graceful acceptance as I could, because actions had consequences, and I had talked myself into this situation. So now I had to deal with it. Konkuro did let me escape eventually, and I pocketed the seals to leave the stage dark and empty. It was all right show for a novice, he said, damning with faint praise, though you'd have never gotten away with using cheap tricks like that in front of a ninja audience. I shrugged. That's me, I said, the faint echoes of something old making my lips quirk into a smile. Cheap tricks and witty one-liners, he laughed. I wouldn't have said you were witty. Get lost, I said, rolling my eyes at him. You're supposed to be halfway back to hidden sand by now. Too right we are, he agreed, adjusting the straps holding Karasu to his back and shifting the weight of it. Catch you next time, Sparky.